there. I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> You're listening to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film is Witness from 1985. Welcome, Peter Weir. Directed by Peter Weir. Produced by... How Ed. weird. Also, you will notice that... There is a sheet of paper in my hand. Thanks for shaming me. <laughs> um, produced by Edward S. Feldman. Screenplay by Earl W. Wallace and William Kelly. Story by Pamela Wallace, Earl W. Wallace and William Kelly. Starring Harrison Ford, Kelly McGillis, Joseph Sommer, Lucas Haas, Jeanne Roubaix, Alexander Godunov and Danny Glover. Music by Maurice Jarre. Cinematography by John Seal. And edited by Tom Noble. And the synopsis is, after witnessing a brutal murder, young Amish boy Samuel and his mother Rachel seek protection from police officer John Book. When Book uncovers evidence of police corruption involving narcotics lieutenant James McPhee, Book must take Rachel and Samuel and flee to the Amish countryside where Rachel grew up. There, immersed in Amish culture and tradition, Book and Rachel become <laughs> begin a cautious romance. Well, like this synopsis is saying that Rachel left the Amish cult and came back. <laughs> That's not what happened at all. Yes. This week's film. How odd that a synopsis doesn't get it right. Sometimes. It's been a while, but sometimes they do. This week's film was picked by Ricardo. Ricardo, yes, why did you pick this film? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I love Peter Weir as a director. Uh, he's one of those directors that has a really strong track record that even his uh, least interesting movies are at least competent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so odd. Uh, like, with, right? I know. Like I mean, the the they're entertaining. Yeah. Uh, they're There's good. something there. Yeah. They're worth they're worth a watch. Even the, that movie that he did with Colin Farrell and uh, Saoirse Ronan that they escaped from a Russian prison that it's like based on real life that they escaped from Siberia and walked to China to like the what? coast in China and real life and the movie is about like them escaping. <laughs> as Russian prisoners (laughs) together at last as Russians cool but uh, yeah like uh, obviously he directed um, uh, the Truman Show and he also directed Master and Commander which I love Uh, he directed Gallipoli uh, Mm. but his first movie it's it's one of those interesting careers that like uh, his first he never made a movie quite as weird and as uh, different as his in his first picture mm. but he carried that sensibility throughout his career while doing more mainstream work mm. which it's like i really appreciate like uh, his first movie is picnic uh, hanging rock mm. so even when he did which like great yeah like it's amazing and uh and such th- a weird career though yeah and then he did like that poet <laughs> society yeah and stuff. Like, he's a real actor's director yes. as well so many of his not only that he gets like people like uh, Jim Carrey that are not known for that kind of role. Yeah, to I forget be, that because yeah. now we've had you know like Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind, and like later career weird, weird, weird Jim Carrey in a different way. Uh, so you kind of forget that for a while he was not known for you know in the kind of um, in the Robin Williams way of how yeah. like when them whenever he turns up in like one hour photo and fucking insomnia and stuff, everyone went whoa. 
Yeah, but the the difference is that Robin Williams, even in his like, not to say that Jim Carrey wasn't a good actor, because mm. I think that there is a particular type of actor that is able to pull off shit like Ace Ventura and stuff. There's yeah. Like, and I I am one of the few people that like Ben Stiller's directorial debut, that is the the Cable Guy, which is like it's just an insane movie, and I like how mean spirited the movie is. <laughs> Stiller's. Um, <laughs> no, no. Ben Stiller's directorial debut was uh, the fucking well, movie. Well, he's in, he's in reality, but yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, no. You're... But uh, the which is great. Yeah, <laughs> and there's You've a reason why. The winter of our discontent. After a cable guy that it took him what like ten years to do Tropic Thunder, <laughs> like yeah, he was in the. What a masterpiece that was. He, he was in the in the doghouse for a bit, but because he's a man, he got a second shot at the oh. at the. Only at the ten cooking. years. But when it comes to Peter Weir, like uh, it's strange as well because somebody in the education, the Irish Education Board, yeah. is a big fan of Peter Weir <laughs> because my brother. My mind was blown by this. The, my brother uh, did his leaving start the year before me, and in the curriculum for uh, mm-hmm. a higher level of English, uh, witness was on it. And the year that I did it, that we did it, the Truman yeah. Show was yeah. on it. And I was like wondering if uh, like they <laughs> just work. There was one guy, <laughs> yeah. there was one person in that <laughs> time. He was like. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's that like uh, all his work, even though you could have like Master and Commander, let's say, uh, as just a war picture, adventure, whatever, like a historical Man, drama. Boats. But there's also Bond. like a very... Um, his films are always have a, a a theme that runs through them that is contrary to what the plot is. Mm. So it makes them completely super interesting that way. The uh, possibly the most straightforward film of his is *The Poet Society*, mm. but at the same time the execution is so uh, good that you you forget about it. And as well, oh, it, it's like uh, f- from *Goodbye to Mr. Chips*. I they had that he'd a, worked with Robin Williams as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And as, as well, doing like that Robin Williams was nominated for an Oscar for yeah. *That Poet Society*. Uh, Har- yeah, Harrison Ford was nominated for an Oscar for *Witness*. Yeah. Uh, you get like uh, Paul Bettany was nominated for an Oscar in *Master and Commander* and so mm. on and so forth. Uh, Love a I, bit of Paul Bettany now. And uh, it, it, like it, he came up as well during a time that uh, was uh, interesting in Hollywood, that Hollywood would be getting uh, not precisely art house, but uh, more independently minded foreign directors to do studio pictures mm. and would give them enough uh, free reign to do their own thing. Mm. And I think that like from probably early 80s until the early 90s, uh, this time it still happens yeah but not as often uh as at that time it was a feature of hollywood let's say that you made a the first english language of this director yeah you know you always had that that in the trail in the it really became, bad trailers it became a kind of a calling card for studios to yeah they, they would go in and try to Ooh. poach or because they wouldn't risk the money on like mm. a first time director but at the same time they had the pulling power or it was in Cannes or whatever and uh, like uh, even in Gallipoli, that is a war movie, but it's really about friendship mm. and stuff. So I think that uh, when I saw Witness the first time, I was struck by how, number one, how a movie that is so many genres can work <laughs> like as a, a piece. <laughs> the part of it is just a slice of life kind of uh, 
fish out of water story about the Amish community. Mm. Uh, another one, it is a 1970s thriller, not even the 80s. It's like proper, like French connection kind of. <laughs> so like, the scene in the bar is so, it's straight out of French connection when Popeye makes everybody take the yeah. the, the shit out of their <clears throat> pockets. Then there is that. Smushes up against the window. Yeah. Is that. <laughs> See, that's so Popeye. And then you have. Whacking people. Uh, yeah. And then you have uh, the. The, a really touching love story and then the the father and son to a lesser degree but also something that is a, th- a tutorial line uh, in Weir's work that mm. is the father and son relationships in non-typical ways mm. you have uh, like father Christo- figures yeah Christoph in uh, in Truman Show mm. you have Paul Bettany and Russell Crowe to a kid in, uh, in um, Master and Commander and yeah, like uh, I always been struck by the quality of the movie as well. How it is uh, a th- like it has no right to be shot as well as it is. <laughs> uh, like even the opening shot, it almost turns Malik. You know the. I think the, um, that guy. The guy, the the cinematography also did Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> but he also did um, <clears throat> fucking um, what the hell's the name of it? Um, the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, yes. Yeah, which I thought, I was quite struck by that because I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me because that's a very interesting visual film. And also, uh, Peter Weird, Peter Weir, I keep calling him Peter Weird, uh, is also (laughs) the director of the only film ever for uh, the, an actor was nominated for a part that they were playing somebody from uh, the opposite sex. In what? Uh, in the year of living dangerously that it, with Sigourney Weaver and uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Linda Hunt plays uh, Mel Gibson's photo uh, assistant, who's a man. Oh. So she got nominated for an Oscar, but playing a male character, not a transgender yeah, character yeah, or anything, or just something like pretending to be or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like uh, just oh. as a straight up male character. And that's never happened. Yeah, that's the only time that has happened in the history of the Academy Awards. And uh, it's like uh, like really interesting. It, it shows you how out of uh, like out of the box Peter Weir thinks mm. because he found the perfect actress for the part, even though and didn't rewrite the part yeah. to so fit her as you, well. You can do that. Yeah. And also it's because it was like it. the job that the, uh, the Linda Hunt's character has would have to be a man playing because of like... Uh, what the character interaction with people are so mm. and it's a really really wow. good performance That's really interesting it's a really good movie as well it's slightly kind of like white saver complex mm. kind of thing that is uh but same as killing fields but it's the same argument that uh richard attenborough did when saying cry freedom the the about steve biko the denzel washington plays mm. steve biko because yes i wish that i didn't have to put the kevin klein character in it but the movie wouldn't get made. Then. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'd rather make it this way and be able to yeah. tell the story of Steve Biko and take the flack. Yeah. Because you can make a movie about Gandhi because it's Gandhi. Yeah. And it still took him 40 years to make it. Yeah. But you can make Steve Biko the story and release it wide in America. Mm. You need Kevin Klein. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Kevin Klein as well. Yeah, like it's uh, quite oh, freedom. different is, times. Uh, <laughs> Quiet Freedom is a good movie as well, I think. Uh, again, in that kind of like genre kind of filmmaking mm. that it's, but with a message. That's but, the 90s, is it? Uh, yes. Mm. Uh, early, early 90s. Like, no, of it, was, it was, it was late enough 
no late 80s i think because mm. it was made right before apartheid and it was part of uh, the fight against like the mm. the last throws of apartheid because the whole movie is about the apartheid system in yeah. south africa but coming back to witness i think that like this is one of two movies that harrison ford did with peter weir he also did the uh, the mosquito coast with Oh, it, st- it co-starts at River Phoenix as well, and mm. Helen Mirren. It's uh, a well, that's not long before River sorry? Phoenix died. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh the movie was made in the eighties as well, straight mm-hmm. after, and also it's the movie that killed Harrison Ford's acting career, <laughs> uh, like acting. Yeah, yes. that's uh, what I if, feel that like Harrison Ford like uh, was trying to become an actor, mm. like he did uh, Blade the Runner. A. Yeah, he did. B- 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 even like with a small case, eh? Because he did uh, uh, like um, what was the other movie that he did? That he played a lawyer that got shot in the head, and he has like uh, something Henry, like learning Henry or something. Mm. I can't remember. Can't remember the name exactly, but it has something Henry in it. Mm. And the movie is not great, but he's great in it. And he was in Sabrina, the the remake of Sabrina as mm. well. And uh, he was really trying to get like his acting career going because he was a movie star. Mm. The, same way as like Stallone or Schwarzenegger were movie stars. And um, this and Mosquito Coast were both, because Peter Weir is Peter Weir, uh, are both his best performances, I think. Even though I prefer Blade Runner as a film because mm. it's a truly unique feet of filmmaking but mosquito coast uh tanked and got like middling reviews it's being reassessed and stuff mm. and part of it is that uh harrison ford is a thoroughly unlikable character in that movie uh. and people were going like oh yeah it doesn't fit and that was the whole point because in mm. the beginning of the film he's likable yeah so then like okay afterwards he did like what lies beneath that like, he's the villain or whatever but like it's just luck like yeah. he, he never again came back to you know like nowadays if he's he, he's like bruce willis if he looks mildly <laughs> interested <laughs> you're doing well yeah yeah, yeah. um and uh but with this he gives it like his all and mm. i think it is a great performance it's the kind of movie that even though it's not because it is Harrison Ford, it's not the greatest performance of all time. Mm. But I can't see anybody else in that role. No. So uh, I think that he, like that idea of Peter Weir really knowing how to use his pieces. And uh, like I think as well that it, it's a movie that, it, like, Peter Weir l- knows how to take his time mm. with a movie and what actually matters. And by the time you have the fucking Western showdown at the end of the movie, uh, you're you're like really taken by the characters mm. and by the the whole environment, the way that he portrays the Amish, both uh, criticizing their way of life and the, how strict their life is, mm. but also showing how there are good things like that everybody can take from that thing. The community, yeah, and, yeah. Th- that is like since we watched The Guardian, that is like that kind of movie that Hollywood doesn't do anymore. Yeah, that is like let's put the movie in this kind of. <sighs> story and totally research it and stuff you yeah. know yeah like just to be fair to the guardian like i knew nothing of that world and you go into it and you're like fuck that's actually really interesting it's like a whole other side of like you know rescue and yeah know, watch the guardian it's really good and uh <clears throat> our boy kevin yeah and uh i i i, I think that this movie pull, like pulls it off it's also funny to see uh vigo mortensen as so like an absolute baby i was like why does vigo turning off oh 
like it's a very side character but it's like notable because yeah. what he turned out to be yeah but at the same time it's like one of those things that like the first time that i watched it i didn't know Viggo mortensen yeah but i still remembered the character even though he has like one or two lines i don't know if he he has yeah. a very uh, like He's his easy name, presence. Yeah, yeah. He, but your eyes kind of drawn to him, I yeah. think as well. Because when he first turned up, I was like, oh. And then because there's a lot of them say whenever they're building the the, the is it probably building a church when they build it? No, the the um, they're raising they're, a barn or barn, not the barn. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> very rapidly. Um, but uh, there's a lot. You see him a lot. He's yeah. quite often sort of in the side of the frame, or your eyes very drawn to him because he's obviously Viggo Mortensen. So even so, as a baby, if there's one movie that made me want to fucking drink lemonade, is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> My God, like I just want to like fucking it's, hook lemonade straight into like, my face. Not because I mean, like Harrison is very sweaty in this movie <laughs> at all times of the day and night, in sickness and in health. So. <laughs> Like every time they're out there, you're like you're raising a barn under the scorching sun, wearing you know your full heavy cotton Amish gear. All you need is a glass of cold lemonade. Yeah. Even though lemonade, that seems a bit fr- 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 frivolity, doesn't it? Yeah. Please. It's not plain enough. Yeah, not plain enough. Too many buttons. Um. So yeah, without further ado, uh, Orla, what did you think of Witness? <laughs> um. <laughs> like fucking fascinating about this film um is how like big it was at the time and yet i had no knowledge that this thing existed <laughs> like because i mentioned this like several people like my dad and like other people as well uh that, that we were doing this movie and they're like oh yeah yeah i was like all right and then it was either oh yeah or else sure that was on the leave insert yeah, which I like. I find that insane. Like considering how steamy this movie is, but we'll get to that later. So on Tuesday evening, oh, uh, I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch the podcast movie, and I, I was there, and she's like, ah, fuck it, like throw it on, throw it on, you know. Whatever. I was like, I think it's a thriller, anyways. Harrison Ford, you know, Vigo, Elmer Grant. Uh, yeah. So we, we threw it on. We sat down. Um, you know, we waited to be thrilled, and um, we were. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, like I'm not gonna lie. Like this movie is bananas. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. Like the thing in this earlier, whenever I was doing, like I was writing the thing on Twitter, and I was like, "This really, this is a premise that could only be like tackled somewhat seriously in the 1980s, maybe the 90s, but I kind of think only the 1980s." Like, but it's saying that, like, it's also, it's like, it's, it's. 80s but like i think you said this as well like there's some serious 1970s sensibilities going on here and like kind of from the first like 20 minutes i was like this is interesting i was like what what is going on here but like yeah pretty much like <laughs> from the opening credits where it's like since since amish since i was like yeah no i'm enjoying this and, like but like it's such an odd mix because I mean like there is a little there's a little bit of schlock in here as well of like particularly of like the cops and you know like oh yeah I love that is, though. it's quite you know like it's seventies it's Popeye it's you know but at the same time like I mean everything whenever they're trying to track them down and they're in the office and they're ringing the cop and he's just like you know guys you know yeah I'll ring them if they had phones <laughs> you know it's fucking ridiculous like they are proper laugh out loud moments in this as well um like you know some purposeful some of them kind of in a you know. Oh, the 80s way. But um, I think at the same time, it's also like a fucking cracking thriller. Like, it's like, you look, the movie starts and you're like, 
not a thriller. What are you talking about? But like, you know, the bathroom scene is fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's almost like Hitchcockian. Like, moment. We watch, I mean, and you were just like, I mean, you know, simultaneously concluding that like never has a character like more deserved to survive a situation than that kid because we watch it and he goes in under it and we were like fuck that's so smart oh my god he's so smart it's like fucking brilliant also the kid do you remember Brick? yes um, Lucas has his yeah, yeah 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 and I was like fuck that fucking cheesy this is what happens whenever you know <laughs> but um uh yeah like um the kid is is it's, it's genius um but yeah like never has an escape been more deserved but um yeah and then also like oh obviously the barn scene i did think it was funny that for some reason you were talking about silos and like was it you was talking about that someone was talking about silos and like you know how dangerous they are and people die in them all the time who was that I was talking about that uh, not me was it not you and then i watched this movie and i was like <laughs> i was like Everything in my life is full circle. Um, yeah, so, and yeah, but I think also, I, they've managed to be like a really, like, as I was like, I ship this shippable love story. Um, <laughs> I think, like, the key to that, I think, um, and also the fact that it earns all its thriller scenes, like, 100%, is, I think he says, so, like, he takes his fucking time. Like, it's not a long movie, but at the same time, he gives the time to the right things. And, like, yeah, I mean, as soon as Harrison Ford walked out and she, I was like, you know, I mean, they're going to get together. But at the same time, because, like, it, t- it the whole thing is, like, just slowly, 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 slowly. And by the time they're, like, wearing the face off each other in the twilight, um, <laughs> we're like... Because, <gasps> you know, like, you're so invested. And, like, it doesn't hurt as well that, like, you know, the two of them have buckets of fucking chemistry. Like, whoa. Um, like... <laughs> never has like nudity seemed so shocking that's why i was like how the fuck was this led onto the leave insert because it's not no, just when she turns it's around it's not just like, like titties it's like <gasps> like me and i were like <gasps> like looking away because it was like holy shit don't look harrison don't look but look harrison <laughs> like holy shit it's an, oh my god he looks away and then you're like look look <laughs> oh yeah like oh my god like it, for some reason it made me think as well because i was thinking about like movies that are particularly chaste but in a manner that is like very erotic and it made me think of like you know like in the mood for love as well which yeah. is a movie that has no nudity at all and you're at the same time you're like oh you know like it, it's like the kind of thing that you know fucking it feels somehow raunchier than like you know a porno because it's so like underneath the surface and it's all looks and you know not being able to touch and whatnot interestingly enough um <laughs> i looked up um uh there's a couple of reviews about that and i found the the original ebert one from yeah. 1985 and after i read this i was like i was just shouting yeah Roger like <laughs> he was like uh, he was like why the love story is so great Cause he's like two independent complicated people who begin to love each other because they <clears throat> because they have shared danger they work well together they respect each other and because their physical attraction for each other is so strong it almost becomes another character in the movie and I was like yes Roger but that I love that like another character in the movie yeah. because it's so potent and you're like Whoa. that scene when the, they're <laughs> Dancing to uh, to all cook, like which is so, uh, Sam Cook, yeah, which is so naff. I fucking love that song though as well. Uh, but like literally, me and Ellie were like simmer down. <laughs> it, was like, it was, it was, it was intense. Uh, yeah, we was just like, what the fuck is how 
remember I remember we watched for some fucking reason the fucking shit like we did not do the Truman Show we did was it My Left Foot I couldn't remember earlier if My yeah, Left, was, my if left if Foot was, was that year yeah. if that was Leaving Cert if that was Junior Cert yeah we of course the, we did My Left Fucking Foot Ugh. and I think we'd already gone rogue with a lot of our poets so yeah. I think we just decided because we, we did fucking um because uh, we were made to do Sylvia Plath and we were like Plath's not coming up whatever but um, I think so we just did my life a lot um, but uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous why the fuck did I just do the Truman Show but um, we were made watch fucking Pearl Harbor about four times and I remember it being a whole controversial thing because it's like oh you know because that was like a 15 or something there's not a moment in fucking Pearl Harbor that rivals this movie like in like raunchiness or not even raunchiness like, or, like just being like What's well, the word? it is a Michael Bay movie. What's the word? So, uh, Sensual. Yeah, like, but at least no, I know. But, but you know at least what I mean? this it's is like just yeah. not being able to like read text at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, at least this is artistic. You you yeah. can uh, no, say no, it, that it, 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 it's yeah, presented no, in artistic. I know, like, but you can imagine like the fucking man. Uh, Michael Bay shoots cars more pornographic <laughs> than Peter Weir shoots a naked woman. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, they obviously like you're talking about the script there. Um, so I think that the, the combination, um, as well as of of why he gets away with it almost, which sounds kind of like damning, but I mean not in the best way of how he this he gets That's away with this movie. movie. Shoot him yeah, work, he yeah. gets away with this movie, like, um, and it's the combination of the writing of the characters themselves and also their performances, and I like, um, I think it's the it's the two together, like of the kind of like the three sort of key players of like um the young kid um. Of um, what's their name? Um, Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Um, and then Harrison Ford as well. Like they're all very well drawn, and like that kid is fucking great. Like he's, I mean, he's all eyes. He's knocking it out of the park as as a child actor in the eighties. Um, but yeah, the the way she is written in particular, and the way that she's like, it, if I find it really interesting how kind of out of the gate she's given this combination of both agency, but also very like respect for her way her own way of life that you don't feel like he needs to rescue her yeah that she needs you know what i mean that he like obviously he's like a cop but like you know protecting them from you know fucking <laughs> the men with the guns but at the same time like it i, I was very like struck by the idea of um the gun of the hand <laughs> yes um no, I was I was thinking a lot about you know um uh who did you remind just the born sexy yesterday um essay uh I was thinking about that of like it's not entirely applicable here but in a way of like oh this young Amish woman you know obviously they have their year where they go off or whatever but um you know of like you know have been like in this very like um you know claustrophobic environment within this very strict upbringing or whatever like in the big city with this worldly cop and you know and him like introducing it's the fucking flip because it's the it's the complete opposite it's it's not the it's like obviously it's the fish out of water kind of thing but like this is not fucking Pocahontas you know what I mean where yeah. he's like going in and like, like the li- let us show you our way of when, life when he it's, says the, the line uh, uh, um, if we had made love yesterday either I'd have to stay or you'd have to go yeah and the in between is the, a piece of great screenwriting is that what's unsaid is what has actually been said. Yeah. That is, they can only work in this Very, weird situation yeah, yeah. because he can't live the Amish way. Yeah. And he wouldn't, it's not even that she wouldn't be able. Yeah. Is that he wouldn't take her yeah. away from her people. It can't be. In the, Shane. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> the driving down the road. Um... Yeah, like, oh, I, like she, it's this, because she's so, like, 
whenever they're sitting there having hot dogs as well and I love it because it's like you know it's like you know they say grace or whatever Harrison Ford's got his like dopey look in his face or whatever of, like trying not to chew when they're you know and then afterwards that the kid eats and like burps or whatever and she's like no oh, healthy appetite you know a but good she, appetite but she's so like she's so sassy as well yeah. too like she's just she's just like I don't need your fucking shit I don't need I don't need this I'm going back to my life sorry that was very jumbly yeah. either <laughs> don't need this um but um yeah, and she has, there's a real kind of, like, wise quality to her as well, but not in a kind of a, like, mystical Amish fashion. She feels very rounded. It's like, yeah, also, does, going back to performances, she's fucking great. Like, her voice, she's, like, I don't, because I'm trying to think of her in Top Gun. I, I don't, I think, I read somewhere, I think, I don't know if it's on the IMDb, that she went and lived with Amish with the Amish community or something and, and kind of like you know whatever but there's something she's doing with her voice that's like weirdly um, well they they have a all of them have a slightly Germanic accent because yeah, they also but it's, speak German it's also it's it's the it's the it's the cadence of her you know yeah. what I mean it's something she's doing with like both her voice and how she says things that are like she's saying like modern sentences with a with a kind of an interesting twang or like kind of old school twang to them and then everything she's doing with her eyes and coming like, from the, her character I also fucking love that they never mention why her husband died yeah that was quite mysterious wasn't it? <laughs> Good luck some... with the English. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um. Uh, uh. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. She. I. I thought she was just. She was fantastic. And what I liked about it as well is. Um. Obviously, like she has a kind of a. You know, she's very attractive. And. But she has because of. So so much of it. Her hair is, is covered up. That. Um. They. They managed to kind of get away. Like she. She's you're really buying her being Amish as well. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, you know, you've snuck in Julia Roberts or somebody, you know, like no shade on Julia Roberts, but you know, of like bringing in a movie star to kind of slum it in this role kind of thing. And it doesn't feel like that performance. She feels very like lived in her clothes seem like her clothes, if you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like costume, yeah. uh, which is like a fucking crazy thing to be able to pull off. Uh, and as well, it's just really well written. It's like, that's fucking, this and is weird. What am I, I think watching? that the, the, how it, it it gets sold the effect let's say as well is because all the supporting characters are very well drawn as well yeah even like the doctor the yeah. the, the guy I'm that not is not a doctor. doctor yeah yeah you yeah. must drink my tea yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell him tea is horrible right? yeah but like everybody like it is all like i really love everybody's relationship we like lap like the old guy yeah. like he's one of my favorite characters <laughs> here's the milking hat <laughs> yeah he's just trolling him like it's fucking great it's like it's 4am time for milking but he was saying she was like in like like two months or something I'm gonna set an alarm for 4am I'm gonna come in I'm gonna hit you on the face you're gonna wake up and I'm gonna say it's 4am time for milking and then I'm gonna go back to bed <laughs> yeah but you have to say it in like a slight German accent <laughs> time for milking <laughs> time for milking <laughs> oh god um yeah, and as well, like, it's important as well. You kind of forget as well, because um, he's managing to do, you know, he does the kind of 80s cop thing. You know, he does that quite well. But then he's he's managing the kind of transition, not even as a transition, but like the movement into the all the scenes like on the farm or whatever, where, you know, he's man, he's doing the kind of fish out of water. There's all the funny scenes where he's got the trousers that don't fit and the buttons and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like, you buy the stress and the emotion behind his everything that he he's giving 
full weight to the like sensitivity of like his feelings within that situation of feeling like of needing to protect people of like his partner dying like all you know like everything and then like the rage and you know then obviously whenever he goes rogue and he beats the shit out of the guy and they're like book book he's like we have our ways and I have mine. It's such an 80s line. It's amazing. And then like, he punches him and it's like the most 80s punch. And you so think that it's just going to... Oh, but it, it is like, again, uh, Peter, we're taking his time. Mm. Is that it just like goes like you go when you're watching, you're like, go on, fucking Harrison. Yeah. Punch the cunt. Punch him. <laughs> punch him in the face. Punch him right in the nose. And then he does it. And he's like... Oh my god, violence is yeah. not the answer. Oh <laughs> You're like, oh no, oh no, Buck, what have you done? The cop's gonna know. It's like, uh, <laughs> and then I love how as well, fucking peril, typical like... Peter Weird, like he undercuts that moment so it's not like too overblown with a really funny joke when your man goes like, oh, he's my cousin from Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Amish. Can you believe what that Amish man just said to me? Because what is it he says to the lady? Um... Why did he say to her? Because she uh, wants to take his picture and he's like... be her to yeah, death yeah, the camera. And then just walks over to the phone and is like, what about your cover, Harrison? Um, so. Yeah, like, and I'm surprised that no more people started taking picture of this Amish dude just like using a landline. <laughs> Back before you had your phone. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised he's called John Book as well. <laughs> he does it by the book. Through the book of the um yeah so it, it's like weirdly layered and it's so true that i mean you really appreciate it because obviously like i like harrison ford i find him quite um as problematic as his various roles have been <laughs> highlighted um i really like him as a screen presence like if, you know all but you see him in this and you're like harrison <laughs> you'd be hiding you talent know, you want to give him a little kind of like no <laughs> a gold star <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just so I, when you have like all these like you know very very believable characters in this insane premise, um, being played by like really good actors at the top of their game, like it's very enjoyable. So, I mean, you can imagine in a movie where you know it wasn't as it isn't as well written, if it, it isn't well handled as this is, how that like quite long sequence whenever he's like off on the farm, how fucking much that would drag yeah you know and it doesn't drag at all you're just there like woo but the point of which is when they turn up you're like oh no <laughs> but their love but 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 they're building barns he's going yeah it's like oh i don't want it to end um, I, and i do love the the ending how like just the western it is and it <laughs> but it's fucking dense as fuck and also it has to be said very high-pitched <laughs> yes and it has to be said that only only harrison ford We'll be able to end an action scene by just shouting, ENOUGH! <laughs> ENOUGH! <laughs> but it was the faces of the Amish. It was their sense of community. It's the fact that they all came when the bell rang. When it <laughs> fucking go time came, they all showed up. No weapons in hand. They dropped what they were carrying. But they showed up and they gave they, a good hard stare. They, they, they mom- look a bit like zombies <laughs> yeah, coming in. Yeah, they did a little bit. It was a little bit chill to the court. Uh, but like, uh, but you know, <laughs> your mom's just like, okay, you got me. <laughs> That's the thing 
like even though whenever they show up like I think in the bathroom scene it seems properly threatening but there's something about whenever they show up and they're a bit feckless and they're kind yeah. of running around that they don't seem that threatening oh what's the the, yet, the name of the the other guy the guy that is not uh, nowhere else in the movie and then no, uh, they're like screaming his name the guy uh, dies under yeah. a sea of maze <laughs> oh fucking well, it, it starts, it's like Fergal or something you know <laughs> Furman, fur, 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 fur. not Furman. Um, <laughs> um, where's the glove? Um, Fergie. Fergie. That you were not far off. Fergal. Yeah, I was just Fergus. <laughs> Fergie. <laughs> Fergie. <coughs> Big ginger Irishman. <laughs> just inexplicably. And then the, also the. Uh, uh, I didn't even check, but the guy that plays the 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 crooked cop just looks like a school principal. I love that though. Whenever he shows up to your house and you're like, wee wee, <laughs> like it's fucking great. Then it's like the double cross. I love that though. And he rings him as well, and he's just like, what? Like the rage, the rage, like, and the the emotion. <sighs> that scene when he shows up in your man's house is clearly even shot and inspired by when. Uh, uh, Robert Rafford shows up in Jason Robert's house in All the President's Men. Because he's on the doorstep, isn't yeah. he? And he's, is he it's wearing like, him? And they walk in and uh, your man is like, oh, calm down or whatever. It's yeah. like so... Free him into his yeah. study. <clears throat> but like... Uh, <sighs> yeah. Um What I find <laughs> surprising about this movie that... Like, you rested up 10 minutes. That like this movie, if you like do the... The five laugh test of Mark Amout. This movie passes yeah. it with flying colors. <laughs> but it's not a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is quite a funny picture. Yeah. Uh, quite mem- a funny picture. Well, like, yeah, because, the, yeah, because I'm a man from the 1930s now. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this talkie. <laughs> um, I think the other thing as well I was thinking about um, was like, we're, and we've talked this in relation to what filmmaker um i can't remember um but it's sort of a way of capturing like a sort of a sense of wonder like which is something that he like definitely gets in the truman show and i think as well in like the way you can convey that in film definitely in dead poet society of like you know the, the written word and all you know of like having a mentor and all the romanticism around that and everything but um he gets it in the way he shoots like the, the kid and like the kid on the bus and the way he like it's a very like specific thing that like someone like Spielberg does or I'm trying to think um who we had this discussion in relation to what filmmaker it was uh, and I can't remember but it's a very specific thing yeah that very few people do anymore or even attempt anymore and when they do it also almost always see like often feels false of like trying to capture that it's a you know it's not necessarily a hollywood thing it's, it's a real it's a visual thing it's a but it's something you can only uh achieve when you make a film like this without like cynicism yeah like there's a real care around Hey, if there's one criticism you can't level at Peter Weird is being cynic. Yeah, and but it, it but it's not, it's not tacky either. Like something, I mean, obviously, <laughs> like I don't think the Truman Show stands up completely. Um, something like Dead Poets Society. I mean, it feels a bit, it's a bit more Hollywood. It feels a little, but at the same time, like 
you can't watch that movie still and not be like well, you know standing poet, on your fucking so- desk like it's you that know, poet society is a musical with no music that's why i liked it <laughs> like what i like peter Weir as well that it it's it's interesting as well, like the way that he makes movies, because each one of his films has a color palette, mm. like a very. So like when you like you this just is, think about the movie, you can like, look it, at it. This is quite 70s. Also, and it's like I th- not always, but in like certain times. And I mean, there are like definitely in like the framing and but in the way like there's a lot of like times where there's like like moving in and you can't quite tell if it's a zoom or it's a dolly the, or, or, or or what and it's quite it's it's odd because it's not like it's not an 80s movement it's it's but it's weird because at other times it is a little bit 80s and the soundtrack is definitely 80s so it's it's a weird fucking mix that's the, the other thing that i was gonna mention that maris uh, is one of my favorite composers for films and uh, he's one of those that, un- unlike uh, Ennio Morricone and like John Williams, boing. which I love. <laughs> Here comes the boing. <laughs> that I love both of them, but they developed the style and then they kept to it. Mm. So even though like John Williams goes, oh yeah, it's amazing that working with Stephen like all the time, uh, I was able to do all these c- different movies. But the way that but he recorded the same, music, yeah, uh, like there'll be different styles of music, mm. but the same, like you wouldn't fucking hear an electric guitar in a John no, Williams score. it's all score. very orchestral. But Morris Jarrett did like fucking soundtrack for uh, the Killing Fields, for Doctor Shivago, for Lawrence of Arabia, really? like you know, like super amazing, yeah, yeah. And, epic scores, and, yeah, and also like really quiet romantic scores. Mm. He always developed uh, uh, his craft to be going. Like, this is clearly influenced by Vangelis. Yeah. Uh, not like not in more like charts of fire kind of mode mm. of Vangelis, not fucking Blade Runner stuff. No. Which I would love with the, I mean, like the Blade Runner soundtrack. If there, if there isn't a video on YouTube where someone has cut those together, I'm going to be very upset. Like um, a, I, I love it. Yeah, like a soundtrack was talking about the jokes though. Like a, I, I think that I, it always gets me, and I know it's coming when fucking uh, your my when he, uh, when uh, John Book is milking the cow, and uh, uh, Eli goes, "Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, why you've never put your hand on a tit before?" And John goes, "Never one so big." And it's such a cheap joke, but like the delivery is so but good. Your man's like, <laughs> but also it's like that moment that like between Eli and uh, yeah, John that they they they, they, they yeah. the, Eli like, realizes that they, they both realize that they're human kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that they're like uh, they may be uh, from different worlds. And also, uh, just uh, mentioned before, I forget the what we're talking about. Good screenplay mm. is that they use. Uh, the film without you noticing to know the geography of the farm mm. so when the attack happens at the end you know exactly confused, where yeah. it is, everything you is you know when where the dance was and the relation to where the kitchen is yeah like here's yeah. a there's a you can jump down there to where the cows are there, mm. there's the silo 
here's the kitchen there's another house here where eli is and mm. stuff and you really feel for them when the because of the oh, gut, god like, yeah whenever they come into the kitchen and it's it's yeah it, it's properly scary whenever like they're pointing the gun at her and you're yeah the way that plays out as well is quite interesting because you kind of think that you know Harrison Ford has a plan and they're going you know what I mean it feel you know that he's gonna but it's quite it's it's very haphazard so it feels much more th- you know that you think that in the end he's gonna save everyone and blah 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 and obviously he does but at the same time it it feels much more fraught even like than... when they're screaming at each other it's like so not movie like yeah it's not like they're not talking at each other they're just like <laughs> panic screaming yeah. you know it's, yeah it's, <laughs> yeah Put the gun down, fuck it. Like, oh, over the top of each other as well. Like, and it's, you could, like, you see the real, like, fucking Harrison Ford is having a proper fucking mental breakdown at the fact that he's holding a gun in this woman's hand. Like, it's, yeah, it, yeah, I forgot about that, actually. That's great as well. Um, yeah, I, I like that quality to it, though. It, cause it, uh, it's funny. I'm watching, I'm thinking of Looper, especially because it's like, um, uh, the kid, and when the kid's there, and he's like, what does he do? He does some kind of hand signal to him and then the kid goes and rings the bell. Yeah. But it's the idea of that, like the kid sneaking back in, even the fact that there's like tunnels of the stranger coming in, they're like trying to fix the thing in the shed, like there's an awful lot of comparisons there. And then it's like, you know, what would have happened if his mother had died? You know, it's like, yeah, and I, I fucking love Looper. I'm a big fan of Looper. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, in this, You're a liar. something that this movie also has is the, the, that kind of so- what I call soft jokes. <laughs> You know what I mean? That is like a little character moment that it is meant to be funny. Yeah. But it's meant to be giggled at. Yeah. But the, like, it's so rare movies because usually you just put a joke. Yeah. Or so it either lands or not. And this is like, even if you don't find it funny, mm, you're like, it's kind uh, of character kind of thing. And I just love... the cockles. Yeah. I love that moment that the first time that when he's going to town with the gun that he takes the, the bullets out of the, the flower. Yeah. And he comes back and she's like uh, doing some conserves, like food. Huh? Oh, she's jarring or yeah, canning. She's yeah, she's jarring or canning <laughs> or whatever. And he gives her the bullets and goes, just don't put them in the peaches. <laughs> and I think that it, like, it's such a throwaway line. But the way it, he, I like the way he delivers lines like that as well. He's just like, just don't, you know, he's just kind of like, you know, they just, you know, he doesn't, they're not. He's not they, punctuated. They're not yeah. there to land. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just like. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do like their odd, their sort of odd couple thing as well of, of kind of being trapped in this weird limbo situation of it starting off very uncomfortable and then ending up weirdly comfortable because they just have to sort of put up with it and then, you know, obviously falling in love. But like... <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie. It should not work in a million years, but it does. And it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I really, I really did enjoy it. And I was like, at the start going, this is mental. And then I was like, oh, no, this is one, this is winning me over. And then by the end of it, me and Ellen were like, very good show. Very good show. <laughs> Perfect Tuesday evening watching. No, like, it was part of uh, uh, one of the reasons that I chose it was uh, because it is a heavy watch in itself, but it does exactly what you want, like a Hollywood genre you movie to do. You didn't even know you needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's that kind of movie that you go in and it's like, yeah, like this is the, you know, this is the kind of movie that I can imagine like, uh, like 50 years from now on a Sunday evening or whatever, like being an old fart. Yeah. Just going like, oh, I'm just going to fucking put witness on, <laughs> on my like, whatever, like Hologram my, yeah. <laughs> 
I love how, how, in small, my cave, yeah. how small our minds are. That we, hologram screen. Yeah, like, yeah, hologram. That kind of defeats the purpose of a hologram. But uh, also being... Like the future, but so, <laughs> yeah. from the 1960s perspective. Well, like at the same time, is that like uh, after nuclear fallout, yeah. the technology it's going <laughs> to... There will be no, no metal left on the earth. Um, I, I love movies like this that I that they really that even if it didn't work as well as it does mm. uh which is amazing that it does mm. uh but even if it didn't it has like so much heart but also craftsmanship before behind it yeah that even the, like this is one of those movies that to be as good as it is mm. uh, it's kind of uh, a unicorn yeah uh, the even for like Peter Weir doing this movie. I think that if Peter Weir made the movie like one year later, mm. it wouldn't be as good because all the stars have to align, you know, yeah. the chemistry, the the days they shot, how it was, whatever. Like, uh, because unlike something like Master and Commander, that there's a lot more leeway because it mm. makes more sense as a movie. <laughs> but there wasn't going to be... You get the pitch, the pitch of it, like the log line of Master and Commander. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is like, I've seen that movie before. Yeah. This is like... <laughs> like, you've seen parts of this movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a Frankenstein. Somehow thing. Gene Hackman should have been in there. And like... <laughs> Yeah, but after, uh, but after like No Way Out, yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> I used to think that Gene Hackman was a good Gene Hackman, but then when I rewatched No Way Out, I realized that uh, sometimes that is not the case. It's like when you're getting outacted by Kevin Costner, <laughs> there's an issue, uh, and he's not even that good in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just like really hot in those navy whites. No. Like, Let's put it this way. If you're being outacted by Sean Young. Who's that? <laughs> the woman in it. The, she's uh, she's also in Blade Runner. Uh, oh, God. You know, oh, like... God. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, history has not been kind. Looking back on that casting decision. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I re- I'm really glad that you, you enjoyed it. It's that kind of movie that I was like, okay, I'm... Uh, I know that she's gonna like it. There's no way that she's not gonna like it. At the same time, I've no. been wrong before. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, uh, and it is an odd, I'm, oddball yeah. fucking escapade. So it's a romp. Yeah, like. A, um, but it is. But a, I like, shipped it, it. But it's super. Like I. But at the same time, it's like that sense of bravery. I don't know, or sheer madness that the, yeah, there used to be in Hollywood. It wasn't like. You know, like, or you were talking about the farm bit that is like an Avengers age of Ultron when they're like, the, the fucking heroes go to fucking Hawkeye's farm and everybody is like, uh, like the film hits a pause. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, the sperkiness. We'll, we'll, we'll just quick quips, quips, quips. It's like, I, no. And I think, because they're not yeah. real people or characters or anything because there's no time because there's 50 of them in every movie. Ricardo, what was your favorite thing? I think because it is so unique in his career is uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, I think the it's kind of like it's a pity that like that Mosquito Coast didn't work out because mm. you can see a different career for him. Mm. You know, like uh, maybe that's why like he got tired really of acting, quote unquote. Mm. Uh, but like Mosquito Coast again is uh, 
it, it has its issues as a movie, mm. but it is a super interesting movie and a good movie because it's like a Peter Weir film. Um, and it addresses stuff like the for early 90s that is like an entire movie uh, debunking the white savior myth mm. uh, with Harrison Ford <laughs> in 1992. And you think, hmm... And River Phoenix is like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, right after they did fucking Raiders of, uh, like uh, the fucking the River Phoenix is in the Last Crusade as well. They mm. they went from one set to the other pretty much, and then together in the same cab. Yeah, well, like cab <laughs> to the Peruvian jungle, but like uh, I think Harrison Ford could have been obviously like he never could had have been to a contender. Yeah, that he never again flexed these muscles. Mm. And I think that it's a pity in a way. And you imagine yeah. if the trajectory of that, you know, as he as he aged and only would have become better yeah, in it, roles like this. He could have been like turning Gary to. Oldman. Yeah, like he could have turned Less into the, 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 the guy with gravitas, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think that he's just so worn out by like Hollywood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now and the, like there's so many firewalls that you can, <laughs> you can appear in. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, but yeah, like I think that, and I think that it is truly one of those. Even though that everybody around him, uh, like uh, he's not a main character with a capital M, mm. but he, it, like everything, it's he's, surrounding he's him. The movie at, at the same time, yeah. And like most films, that are like fish out of water. He's mm. your point of view character, etc. And I think as well the. It takes a really, like, obviously, it's Peter Weir's work because he's so, such a good actor's director. Mm. But, like, there's a very uh, a soft touch to his performance that you wouldn't expect from this kind of movie, never mind Harrison mm. Ford. And I think it's so kind of, you know, little time capsule machine thing that... It's lo- like, it's that kind of film that is like an old friend that yeah. you visit every so often. It's a nice and, hug of a movie. Yeah, and uh, and it's like Harrison scene, or even like watching like home movies of your grandparents or something. You know that you're like, <laughs> you know, like Peter Weir. But yeah, uh, what was your favorite thing? Hmm, probably the script, but also the love story because I did not expect it. Like, well, I was like, oh, yeah, at the same time, like, by the time you get to the end, even though you're like, you know, he has to leave. You're, and it's like, it's, you know, it's like. There are no more guns in the valley. You know, like, they're goodbye. You're like, Grr! like, I was very invested in it. And it was just, it was so refreshing because it felt like, like such a relationship of equals of like two people who are different but also have you know it was yeah it was just it was really really nice and they did for that era for any movie really to have like two like characters that feel they're given equal weight as characters or as performers but also that just to have the chemistry the screen chemistry that's required for this kind of like romance or whatever and yeah I just thought like the whole thing just kind of hung together the the thing you were talking about screenplay, I, I was just thinking that one of the genius things is including the sister character as well because yeah. it just creates John Book as a human being rather than just a cop. I forgot about before her. Going. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and also like in a way like I like how the 
the detect the, the villains are not like you know bad bodies with a capital b kind of yeah. thing they're like other movies they would shoot the sister they would I shoot think anybody actually, though, kind of thing. the scene where the, the kid recognizes johnny Glover. oh yeah like he points the <laughs> oh that's hilarious and harrison ford like nearly drops his coffee and slow-mo and runs towards him and then just drop puts down his finger and just carries him away <laughs> Oh, God, because it's like, <gasps> but at the same time, you're like, that's hilarious. Uh, what was your least favorite thing? Least favorite thing, I think, is the partner character. Yeah. Like, he comes up every so often. Like, uh, even like, like a, you had the, 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 the line that is like, oh, yeah, he's a runt or something that is yeah. like a funny line. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, pick your, uh, what does he say? Runt you pick it or something? It's yeah. like, <laughs> Like oh, in the in the farm we kill the pigs that are like the smallest or whatever I don't I can't remember but it's just uh, but yeah no that's not a good performance I and, forgot about him actually because there's so many other things going on and also like mm-hmm. uh, uh, the way that it keeps going back to him obviously you have to have it so like he loses yeah, the plot a bit but, but it's, it's the only bit of the movie that you you have like Danny Glover it feels and, like it's a different movie like pre-lethal weapon Danny Glover yeah. uh, um, uh um yeah yeah that actually quite let that bit down actually to the point at which whenever he like it's like oh he's being killed you're like okay i also i thought that was a total fake out and that they were just doing that to get him to come back into the city and i was never more glad that that didn't happen that he like ran off to the city and um but yeah that's probably mine as well i didn't think i'd kind of forgotten about him but even like the scene when he's being like shaken down by what's his name and he's just like your man's great and so stupid as well because he falls for the like the oldest uh trick in the book that is like oh thank you yeah the 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 main detective is like oh yeah i wonder how john like i I just laugh uh thinking of john amongst the, the mamish your man smiles and then it's like yeah you, you got caught but even whenever like john rings him and he's like you know sitting in his office like sweating like looking around it's like just answer the phone like a normal fucking pleb you idiot yeah, like, just put your legs on the yeah, like, desk oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like jesus policing one one pretend you're roger sterling that's uh, like uh, every time just i have pouring to pouring vodka into your yeah. milk um <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like other than that, that was because I was literally I was like, I don't know what my sure thing is, but yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, like the the film. It, that's the thing is that anything that is would be bad in other movies yeah. is to the credit of this one. It's one of those Somehow. weird alchemy <laughs> magical kind of. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I do love Peter Weir. Yeah. Like uh, I I think that I never realized that I do, but I do when I think about it. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like. Oh, uh, yeah. he's like picking a higher rock as well. Like, yeah, like, that's... that's the thing is that like he because he's not such an auteur, like he no. has like very different movies. Mm. You never like unless you pick the themes apart or the the care you see, for you acting. See the brush strokes. Yeah. But like uh, it's not like a Van Gogh that you fucking standing a mile away and mm. you're like, that's a Van Gogh. Like it, this is kind of that you actually have to pay attention to know. But, uh, like, you know when you're in a Peter Weir movie when you know Peter Weir. Yes. But at the Otherwise, same time... you're like, oh, this is another mid-budget 90s movie. Yeah, but at the same time is that you never, like, because he uses different styles for each movie and he does... You never see, like, the Peter Weir influence, let's say. You know, you see the influence of, like, 
copycat movies for like Dead Poets Society, like fucking Freedom Riders. No. Uh, <laughs> you try to make us watch. <laughs> what was the the one with Mich- Dangerous Minds? The one with fucking the Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yes. Well. But yes. Thank you. Thank I you. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. Go yeah. watch it. Uh, so where can they find the Sorla? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game. They can find us on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. You can find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud. You can also find us on Dublin Digital Radio on Monday mornings from 11 till 12. You can donate to their Patreon and you will get their fun newsletter and other perks. And that's everything. And next week is your pick. Uh, What are we watching? Directorial debut from one Paul Dano. It is wildlife. I give me love and mercy. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, cool. So until then, I was Orna McGillis. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. I'll witness you next week. I'll throw the book at you.